It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. If you are a person struggling with carb or sugar cravings, you know, just listen to Rebecca's life-changing experience. This is what Rebecca said. The Nutrition for Weight Loss series series has given me the foundation for better health for the rest of my life. Before I took the class, my cravings were out of control, and my greatest desire was to be able to kick my sugar addiction. Today, no more cravings, and I find that when I do choose to have a little piece of cake or some other kind of sweet, I kind of get a tummy ache. So thanks to this class, I am a bad food junkie no more. So, P.S., I'm screaming from the rooftops for all of people to hear. Take this class. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a great topic today, staying ahead of hunger. This is a saying you will hear often if your nutrition educator is Kristen Gunderson. <laughs> and when I heard Kristen teaching this simple but powerful message, I said, we need Kristen to share her message to all the Dishing Up Nutrition listeners. So Welcome to the show, Kristen. Well, and how did you get here this morning? <laughs> buggy I, or <laughs> buggy? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I'm going to take advantage of the the sunshine, and I ran here with my friend Tara. And how far is that? Just uh, a couple of blocks. Just a couple blocks. Yeah. No, come on. No, it was a nice little um, five and a half miler. Five and a half miler. Yeah. Okay. Just to wake you up. So, Kristen is a marathon runner, <laughs> and yep. you were. In Boston, running Boston yeah, Marathon. Yeah, we sure were. And you were one of the very, very lucky people. Yes, yes. Long gone before any of the terrible stuff happened, so we were safe. So my boyfriend's fast. <laughs> it worked out just great. Well, that's good. Yeah, we're happy yeah. that that worked out. Yes, good. so are we. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about this staying ahead. Yeah. Stuff. All right. Well, staying ahead of hunger, it seems like a really simple idea, but I know from all the people in the classes that I teach, it's a concept that's tougher for people, but the ones that get it are the ones that are successful. They lose weight. They get rid of their aches and pains. Their cholesterol numbers normalize. Their glucose numbers get better. And I did mention they lose weight, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's probably why they're in that class. (laughs) It might be. (laughs) So since two-thirds of the population is overweight... If we can teach this very simple concept, no, perhaps we could drop that number down to one third. Well, we can dream, can't we? Yes. Yeah. But so, Kristen, how do you teach people to stay ahead of their hunger? Well, the first thing is getting them to clear their brain. I mean, they have had this idea forever, you know, to lose weight and get healthy. Yes. You know, that they need to restrict. Oh, yes. Uh, maybe go on a diet, they'd say, or count calories or count points. Um, and I really, I stress every time I meet a new group of people, we are all about getting you healthy and your body's going to lose weight. We are not forcing your body to be skinny by restricting things because that doesn't mean you're going to be healthy. 
right? And that doesn't mean that you're going to keep the weight off, even if you try, you know, maybe you do that calories in and calories out routine and yeah, it works temporarily, Yep. but then you're right back dieting again Yep. and dieting again and again and again and again. again. Yeah. The calories, calories out, calories in, calories out. That's just um, really old school thinking. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, you know, interesting, last night I was reading a book and... It kind of, you know, it puts this calories in and calories out in perspective. So this is a, I was reading Dr. Robert Lutstick's recent book called Fat Chance. And I know I'm going to stumble over his name, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. And, you know, he had a really easy to understand rebuttal of this calories in and calories out. He was, he took a look at the prevalence of diabetes worldwide which rose from 5.5% up to 7%. Mm. And this is kind of interesting. Surprisingly, the total calories did not correlate with the rise in diabetes rate. What does that mean? It means that if you eat more calories, it doesn't make your diabetes go up, Mm -hmm. I mean, or your risk of getting diabetes. But the correlation with a percentage of calories coming from sugar was enormous. Mm. So here's the deal. For every 100 calories from sugar, almost an increase of 1% of the prevalence of diabetes. So that's just 100 extra calories of sugar. Mm -hmm. So interesting, for every 150 calories increased per person from like meat, vegetables, and good fat, like what we talk about, Mm -hmm. there was barely an increase in the diabetes (laughs) rate at all. Wow. But... 150 calorie increase from a can of soda increased diabetes by sevenfold. So Dr. Lustig said sugar is more dangerous than excess calories. Sugar, this is his words, sugar is a toxin. Yeah, it's poison. And it's so interesting. We'll have so many people come to us that, you know, we don't talk about calories. No, we don't. And we just talk about eating real food and they just look like deer caught in headlights. They're like, well, but how many calories is this? Because they still have their little, their app on their phone or something that they need to plug in their, their caloric intake. And it's, it's like if you're eating processed foods, yeah, maybe you do need to keep track of what you're eating because you shouldn't be eating very much or any of it at all. But if you're eating real food, the caloric content, it's not important. Uh, right. And I think this research from Do- Dr. Lutzig points that out. Now, of course, he was looking at it from a diabetes rate, but we do also know that that is, affects obesity or mm-hmm. weight gain. So it's it's any of those. So it's the sugar... The carb count, what people really need to look at. Yep. So we we got to somehow get people to rethink this. Yeah. And because they're so attached to this, it's back to the calories in and calories mm-hmm. out. And I think if they walk into their doctor's office and says, "How how am I going to lose a little weight?" or "Can you help me lose a little weight?" and they always say, <laughs> "Move more, eat less." Yep. Move more, eat less. <laughs> That's a dangerous trap to get into. That's right. Yeah. So how do we change that? Yeah. Well, you've got to erase that old belief, again, from the brain that for you to lose weight, you're going to have to restrict. And it's an old, old tape that we all have. It's so old, we still call it a tape. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is a tape? Uh, but we're saying the opposite. You've got to eat before you are hungry. You cannot let your hunger drive those decisions. No, you can't. Because you'll eat whatever's in front of you. Right. Once your blood sugar drops, yeah. you're, you're done. Out of- You're done. So there's no glucose in the brain when that happens. If you are waiting until you're hungry, that hunger is actually a sign of low blood sugar. So you've got poor decision-making going on because we know from research, low blood flow to the brain from low blood sugar creates a situation where you can't make a good decision. Now, how many of us have been there? Oh, you know, I mean, we that's one of the primary things that people have to work on on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that it catches women more it's, than men. It's just unbelievable how you can become so busy in the day and you just don't, you're not thinking about it. And that's what we, another thing we need to get back to is actually just being conscious of it and almost planning the eating by the clock. Right. Because you can get in that trap. So when you are in it, guess what you crave? You crave the sugar You crave the processed carbs because they're quick and they're easy and they're going to give you a quick shot of what you need, more sugar. So what are some of the favorite things that people go to? (laughs) So the cookies, the sodas, for sure. Anything in a vending machine. Yes. Because that's, you know, two seconds and it's in your hand. Um, Anything that's sitting in the break room at work. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's Sally's birthday, the the cake is there. So you yes. run back and get a little piece of that. Crackers, whatever is fast and within arm's length. <laughs> you know, you just grab it. Well, you know, the one of the ones that I hear all the time, you said crackers. And it's interesting. I bet I hear this from clients all the time. You know, they get home when they're starting to make dinner. Well, yes, their blood sugar is down because they haven't eaten enough. And what do they go for? Cheese and crackers. Oh, sure. And they think that's okay, <laughs> but not really. Right. Not if they really want to lose weight, it's not okay. Or not if they want to avoid diabetes, it's not okay. No, exactly. So, now, if you eat some meat or fish or an egg plus some healthy fat, you know, maybe some olives or some cream cheese or some nuts, plus a serving of fruit or vegetables... You know, what you'll actually do is you'll support your metabolism and you just won't fall into that sugar trap. Yeah. Now, it, we're not saying it's easy, is it? No. It's it's constantly you have to remind yourself, oh, yeah. gosh, I've got to eat. And, you know, some people actually put it on their phone as yeah. an alarm so that they can remember to eat. Yep. That's a huge suggestion that, you know, I'll tell people it's like, well, I just don't want to be thinking about it all the time. And it's like, you don't have to just set your phone and. You know, your body will start to let you know if if you don't do something about it. So the interesting thing, and I think this is the hardest part for people that are still into that calories in and calories out, that if they eat something, like if they eat a piece of meat, you know, we talk about the the beef sticks often, Mm -hmm. or just a chicken leg or something like that, and then a little bit of fruit and some nuts, that that sure, it's got calories in, Mm -hmm. but really, what does it do? It pops up your metabolism. Yeah. And you don't have that blood sugar crash. And then you're not consuming the extra 100 calories in sugar. Of terrible stuff. Which ends up being, it puts weight on. Yep. Absolutely. And it makes you feel 
Yucky. Yucky. That's right. <laughs> that is the official term. So are we taking a break? We are. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Nutrition does affect every aspect of your life. If you want your brain and body to live longer, isn't that a nice idea? Look younger, be smarter, feel happier, Look to your nutrition. I want all those. I know. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Come on. There's nothing more important than the food you are putting in your mouth. It is the fuel to keep that human body of yours working. So you can exercise all you want, think all the right thoughts, meditate, take supplements. But if you continue to eat junk, processed foods with sugar and bad fats, with ingredients grown with pesticides, artificial sweeteners, and dyes, Those things aren't meant to be in that human body, and there's no way to keep your brain and body working at its peak. And peak performance is what most of us are looking for, I would imagine. I think so, and in one way or another, that's what people are looking for. Yep. I know I am. That's for sure. We want to be here for as long as we can, Mm -hmm. and we want to have a good quality of life along with that quantity. So um, we actually do have a class called Nutrition for Peak Performance. The next one is coming up in August at our St. Paul location. So keep your eyes on our calendar for that. And you usually teach that? I do. I do. <laughs> I love that class. Um, so if you have questions today, please call in at 651-641-1071. Allow me to blow your mind. Ready? Fat doesn't make you fat. You okay? Still listening? All right, I got another one. Sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good. For good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, at the very beginning of the show, I mentioned Rebecca's life-changing experience from taking Nutrition for Weight Loss program. In addition to having more energy, fewer cravings, and less aches and pains, she lost 21 and a half pounds and many, many, many inches. You know, you can also have the results that Rebecca has had. You know, just sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss program starting Tuesday, that's this coming Tuesday, July 11th, and June. we have June. I'm sorry, July, I'm already ahead of myself. We're huh? already scheduling oh, for October, so I, know I don't expect are. you to know. We were talking about July, that's why. Okay, <laughs> July 11th, and <laughs> it's in YZ on Tuesday night or Thursday night in North Oaks, and you can call 651-699-3438 to sign up, or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com and... I know. Awesome. It's a great class for the summer. Yeah. So. So we are talking about staying ahead of hunger. It is, like I said, it's a super simple concept, but it is hard for people to grasp. Um, It usually means you need to eat every two and a half to three hours. So my actual habit that I, it's just second nature now is the second I'm done eating, I just always look and see what time it is. 
And I think, all right, well, if I'm not eating by, so now if I'm not eating by 1120, there's, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> so that's a great tip for people. Yeah. So tell, say that one more time, Kristen, because yeah. that's a new way of thinking about it. Yep. I just, I look at what time it is and I figure three hours from then it, there needs to be You need fuel. to be eating. Yep. Yeah. You either need to be eating a snack mm-hmm. or you need to be eating lunch or dinner yeah. or whatever it is. Yep. That's it. That's a, that's, you are really planning. Yep. You're planning for success. Well, and it's funny because if I'm not paying attention to what time it is, usually this is happening at work. You know, we get busy. Yes. And I will start making mistakes when I'm typing. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh. And I'll look at the clock and be like, oh, yep. I was supposed to already be eating again. It's like the blood sugar starts to drop and you start making, you know, simple mistakes or you can't think as it's clearly. Like, <laughs> what you're saying is basically what you said before is that the glucose is not in the brain. Yep. And so you make mistakes or you make eventually you make bad decisions. Right. Exactly. Well, and it's it's not it's not a we are very lucky where we work. I mean, there's not cake in the break room. (laughs) You know, when you can eat anytime you want to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really? Yeah. A lot of people. I mean, some of the nutritionists can't because they're with clients. Yeah. So it's a little harder. But but when you can feel like you're going down, I mean, there's nothing to stop you from. Oh, I need to go get my snack out of the fridge. And we're lucky there. You know, we've got an oven and a fridge. And it's just it's very conducive to eating the nutritional weight and wellness way. So. In order for most people to stay ahead of their hunger, this is going to mean for them they're going to eat about five to six times a day. Um, I try not to get too into those numbers because it really depends on your sleeping and waking cycle, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you get up at seven and you go to bed at nine, you have great sleep. I mean, you're getting great sleep, but maybe you don't need to eat six times in there. That's right. Maybe five times is fine. But sure. if you're getting up at four and you're going to bed at 11, yep. you need more sleep, but you might eat more too. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when I was, when I grew up, I was, I grew up on a, a farm with my parents in, in southern Minnesota. And the, the, we naturally ate the the weight and wellness way, I have to tell you, because <laughs> my family would have breakfast, you know, usually we'd have eggs and oatmeal with real cream. And then maybe that was like at seven or so, six thirty-seven, and then about nine thirty, ten. Everyone came in, sat around the kitchen table, mm-hmm. and they had some kind of meat, maybe a slice of homemade bread, homemade bread with butter, mm. of course. And about twelve thirty, we had a full meal. This was our biggest meal, our lunch meal, oh, sure. and that was meat and two or three vegetables, a salad. You know, there were butter on the on the butter uh, on the vegetables, so. We had just a real meal. And then the afternoon snack, again, you know, my mother made homemade cottage cheese. Oh, really? So we would have homemade cottage cheese and fruit. Mm. And then for dinner, which we called supper, (laughs) you know, this was lighter. This was maybe soup and salad, maybe a little bit of meat, but it was a lot lighter. And then evening, it was always good quality ice cream. Oh, But no one was overweight. Everyone ate frequently for energy. You know, we were actually getting ahead of our hunger. We had great energy. We had good moods. And no one needed to Ugh. diet. Oh, that word. That I mean, we, we never even thought of that word. Yeah. We just ate good, healthy foods. You know, and the vegetables would come out of the garden. Everything was, was and, you know, the meat was actually organic. 
No, yeah, because my parents did not believe in all the pesticides and oh, and wow. all those things. So we had really healthy food. That's awesome. <clears throat> that sounds so good. And you know, you mentioned bread, but you probably had one slice. Yes, you didn't. And yeah. it was homemade, and yeah. it was you know made with good flour. So oh, yum. So different than what people eat today. So different. Yeah. <laughs> Well, last Wednesday, June 5th, there was an interesting study that came out from our University of Minnesota. It actually reported was reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and it found that weight loss surgery can improve the ability to control diabetes in mild or moderately obese patients. So what what does nutritional weight and wellness think about something like that? Well, you know, we are not big proponents of weight loss surgery. Right. You know, we're upfront about that. Mm-hmm. We totally believe that people can be, if they receive the right kind of eating plan and the right kind of nutritional education, they can act and support. They need right. a lot of support. I mean, if you're 350 pounds, you need a lot of support to reduce. But anyway, going back to this study. What they did is they enrolled 120 people with diabetes from Minnesota, New York, and Taiwan. One half or 60 of the patients had surgery, and 60 of the study participants received information on diet, exercise, and medication. But we don't know what quality that information was. We don't know what the diet was. Um so this is the deal. The surgery group lost more weight and had faster control of their blood sugars. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the researchers reported that out of 60 surgeries, out of 60 people that had surgeries, 22 of them had serious adverse events. What? <laughs> and I'm not sure what is considered a serious adverse event. Jeez. I mean, if you, if you look at some of the research on weight loss surgery, it means death. So I'm not sure what this meant. So, you know, as a nutritionist, I'd look for a different solution. Yeah. I don't want that serious adverse. (laughs) No. No. You know, maybe it won't be as fast, but it's not going to be as risky. Mm -hmm. And we know that if you get the right information and the right help, it's going to be much longer lasting. Right. And you know, it's it, you compare this to somebody that has an addiction problem. It never goes away. Nope. You have to keep working on it over and over and over and over, just like somebody that has an addiction to alcohol right. or an, a heroin addiction. It is no different. It can it, be a Band-Aid. Yep. We need, people need more support and more help getting this weight off and and staying healthy, basically. Yep. And I think it's like you said before on the show, is we kind of start focusing more on their health, on your health, then you're going to be successful with this weight loss. And you're not going to be fo- focusing on, oh, I have to restrict. Right. Because it automatically comes back into the brain. It does very quickly. And these people, unfortunately, and I don't mean to generalize, but a lot of people that are doing restrictive things or have had the surgery and need to really watch their intake rely on those artificial sweeteners and those things that we know are just terrible for you. And we actually, we had a caller, she had to go, but she was asking about Splenda. Uh And, you know, we just want to quickly mention, you know, that is something that inhibits your thyroid from functioning. And, you know, it is 2,000 times sweeter than sugar, so it drives that sugar cravings. And then what happens is 
is basically, you know, you said it inhibits the thyroid function. Mm-hmm. Well, how it does that is it, it blocks your thyroid's ability to intake or uptake um, zinc into it. So you need that mineral zinc mm-hmm. for your thyroid to function well. Yep. So then it gets blocked and it won't work. So a lot yep. of things happen. Right. All right. Well, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a teenager or a college student who you would prefer ate a little better, um, let me suggest a class. So I'm teaching nutrition for young adults um, Tuesday, June 11th from 4 to 5.30 at our St. Paul office. It is always a fun class, and you're going to learn how to avoid the worst of the worst junk foods, and knowledge is what gives the kids the power to make good decisions. So this is a class that you can come with um, your loved one and let them listen to us tell them what to do instead of you. Sounds perfect. Isn't that nice? So give us a call, 651-699-3438 to get registered. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, this spring, for many people, this weather has brought on itchy eyes, stuffy noses, and other allergy symptoms. So if you're struggling with seasonal allergies... You know, you're not alone because about 40 million Americans also experience seasonal allergies. And a lot of people are looking for more of a natural solution that won't cause that drowsiness. So we have one. It's it's called Natural Dehist. And it really provides the optimal support to your nasal and sinus passages. So it helps to reduce the inflammation that you have in those passages. That's what it's designed to do. It's very effective, it's safe, and um, it's available even for children, and it's very effective for kids. So if you're wanting more information about the product, just call 651-699-3438, or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and just click on products, and it'll give you all the ingredients in Dehist. And it's been around, we've been using this product for many, many years and it's it's a great product if yeah. you've got allergies. And I think a lot of people are looking for something like that, something that doesn't make them jittery or, you yes. know, some of those ones out there can really get you agitated. So this is a nice, nice supplement. So we were talking about staying ahead of your hunger. We were. Your favorite line. I do. I do like it. Uh, so we get it. We understand that when a client has type 2 diabetes and they are insulin resistant, this is going to go hand in hand because insulin resistance is the step right before type 2 diabetes. When they have this situation going on, they must stay ahead of their hunger specifically. Hunger cannot drive their food choices. Having type 2 diabetes and being insulin resistant means your cells are not functioning normally. They did when you were younger, but because of your food choices, you have blocked up your insulin cell receptors. So glucose or sugar does not get delivered easily into the cell and create good energy for you. So, Krishna, let's talk just a minute about what might block up those cell receptors. Mm-hmm that makes people insulin resistant. Right. Can you think of one food right off the top of your head that might do that for sure? Someone out there right now is eating it, and it's a muffin. It's a muffin. Well, you know, the thing that comes to my mind Saturday morning, Yeah. people think they have to go out for pancakes. Oh. oh. 
pancakes, you know, three, four, and then they pour the syrup on. Yep. That, that's, a, that's an insulin receptor blocker yeah. for sure. Right. Or they might think, oh, I'm going to be really, really healthy, and I'm going to have like a latte, but I'm going to put a little bit of either mocha in it. Oh, sure. Or a little vanilla. Yeah. I don't even know the names of some of these other ones now. No, of course not. But, of course, they've got sugar then. Yep. And then if you have yeah. that along with, oh, maybe a bagel mm-hmm. with a little bit of jelly on top of it. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things that, yep. that so leads you down the path. <sighs> yep. So, you know, people with insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes are often hungry. Yep. Tired. And they're anxious. They just don't feel normal like they used to. So, you know, my brother, mm-hmm. and he has type 2 diabetes. He often says, Dara, you just don't understand my hunger. Oh. And I always say, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, you have just not been taught to stay ahead of your hunger because he has gone to, you know, programs that have actually taught him the wrong message. Hmm. That's so frustrating. It is. Yeah. They've taught him to eat oatmeal for breakfast. Oh, good grief. That is not going to stay ahead of your hunger. No. Because it basically is a high-carbohydrate food. Yeah, you can't eat that alone. No. No. So if you eat, like we grew up, when we grew up, we would eat a little bit of oatmeal, but we would have two eggs and then we'd have cream on top of it, of the oatmeal, so then our blood sugars would stay balanced. Yeah. But, of course, he's gone to programs that have said, oh, no, you've got to stay away from fat. Right. Because you've got to lose fat. Oh. And what has happened? He's just gotten bigger and bigger. Sure. You know, and more diabetes. Yeah. And, again, he says this very, you don't understand my hunger. Well, yes. You do. We do. You, yeah. <laughs> so we do have a caller. Okay. Um, Linda, okay. hello. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about healing the digestive tract. Thank you. Yes, I know it's off topic, but I've been listening to you for so long that I know that you might be helpful. Um, <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> who has... Uh, <laughs> I have a family member that's been taking a lot of ibuprofen off and on for just like some severe back pain, including very recently. And um, she just in about a few days ago ended up having some very, very strong abdominal pain, including um, nausea and gas and everything. And finally I convinced her to at least go to her primary because it sounded kind of extreme. So they diagnosed it at this point, and I know the, the mainstream medical thing doesn't, at all, even get close to the full picture, but for the time being, as inflammation of the stomach lining. So yes. I know that there's, it's important to have a full picture. And so I wondered two things. Um, well, number one, uh, I know there are ways she can gradually heal her stomach lining. Um, and I know you've talked about all kinds of things, coconut oil, but I was thinking of seeing if, um, do you have any St. Cloud locations for counseling or classes for that kind of thing, or, or is Maple Grove the closest? Maple area? Grove is the closest, but we right. have people come all the time. I mean, it's you can you can flip down ninety four in a re- relatively short time. You know, it's maybe forty five minutes to get to our office from St. Cloud. Very nice, and um, just like. Until she comes over there, are there any suggestions you might have while she obviously stays off the ibuprofen things that 
um, she could do just temporarily in the next few days to things that she could eat that would help. Um, I don't know if coconut oil is one or... Well, one of the couple of things that I would recommend is, you know, have her start taking some bifidobacteria. I mean, you can go to... She could just order it off of our website. And bifidobacteria... And I do the powder and powdered glutamine, and I'd mix those in water and drink that several times a day. Ah. And then, you know, on different for pain rather than like a, like an ifeprofen or one of those things, we have something that's called Caprex that uh-huh. does not inflame the stomach lining. In fact, uh-huh. it'll help reduce it, but it also would help her with her pain. And maybe once she changes some other things, she won't even have that pain. Wow. So, you know, after she makes an appointment, we can kind of look more closely at what she's eating. A lot yeah. of times we we have people that they... They just get rid of their pain. Mm-hmm. So amazing. You know, I've even brought up the gluten thing to her. That's a hard thing to bring so, up to somebody who's kind of personal about their eating habits, but I've been hoping for every, Everyone's very personal about their eating <laughs> habits. But once they realize that they can feel so much better, yeah. most people, if they give it a try for two or three weeks and they start feeling so much better, they're fine. They don't need that gluten stuff. It's, See, that's what I try to convince her. That is wonderful. So... For the time being, bifidobacteria, mix it with the powdered glutamine. Yep, to put it in water, drink it several times a day, and it'll help calm down that intestinal lining. Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks for the call, though. Thank you. Okay. So much. Yeah, we need to move out to, to St. Cloud. I keep saying that. I, you I, know, why not? What a, <laughs> what a lovely area that is. <laughs> but... um. That you know, also back pain. What do you think about just magnesium relaxing? Yes, the back. Yes. a little bit. Yes, of course, magnesium. Yeah. Magnesium glycinate right. is a great product. It's so good, so, so comprehensive. Well, let's get back to the topic at hand. Okay. Um, researchers have found. Oh, this is interesting. So back to what you were talking about earlier about the the additional calories creating a a higher risk of getting diabetes. So researchers have found that for every additional 150 calories you eat, there's going to be a very small increase in your risk of getting diabetes. Now, like we said, we don't like to focus on calories, but again, this kind of proves the point. If you add a few strips of bacon to your eggs in the morning, let's say it ends up being officially 150 calories, real food calories. Interestingly enough, there's no noticeable risk of an increase in getting diabetes. But if you add 150 junk food calories like soda or juice, you increase that risk by sevenfold. So, you know, Kristen, you know, people would say juice. (laughs) You're just saying that juice is junk food. Yeah. Well, it's basically what? Fruit sugar. sugar. Fruit sugar, yes. Fruit sugar. And if you have insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, or if you are wanting to lose weight, it's not a good choice. Right. So the fructose in soda from high fructose corn syrup or that fructose in juice stimulates your hunger and kind of tricks your brain into wanting more and more and more. (laughs) So have you ever noticed... For many children, one small glass, maybe like a four-ounce glass of juice per day is not enough. Right. Once they start on juice, they're always standing at the refrigerator door saying, juice, more juice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I used to work with autistic kids, Uh and um, 
a few of them, well, quite a few of them were nonverbal when mm-hmm. we get them very, very young. And um, juice or chips were one of yes. the first words that they would learn. But it's, you know, it's preferences and what they had around the house and what motivated them, the sugar. Sure. Yeah. Well, Three. you know, I, I even read a study that if you have, you know, they were doing a rat study. Mm-hmm. And rats do not like to be in the middle of a room. They like to be along the walls. But if you put sugar out in the middle of the room, they will go to it. <laughs> I thought, huh, very interesting. All right. Well, we need to take a break. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You might have noticed that we recommend eating sufficient good quality animal protein. Good quality animal protein. So why is protein important for your health? Well, it's going to be necessary to build strong bones. I love that protein as a runner, for sure. Um, It's going to support your metabolism. It's going to be necessary for healthy immune function. It's going to protect you from colds and flus and cancer and autoimmune disease. Protein is going to be important for good moods, sharp memory, and a sense of well-being. And lastly, protein is needed to have good energy. Wow, Kristen, that is a lot of different things for protein. It is. That's why we say protein, protein, protein. Yep, can't get enough. Five, six times a day. That's right. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cassie Wienis, a registered and licensed dietitian from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You may know me from Dishing Up Nutrition, but today I want to talk to you as a mom of two kids with celiac disease, as well as additional food sensitivities, topics near and dear to my heart. Even with all my training as a dietitian, I was overwhelmed when my family had to go gluten-free. My boss, Dar, helped me learn the ins and outs of going gluten-free with real food, and that's when we realized other people need help and direction, too. So we created an online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You learn what gluten is, where it's found, and how to be gluten-free at home, at restaurants, and at social events. We teach you how to shop gluten-free and how to make healthy, delicious meals your whole family will enjoy. And it may surprise you that I don't buy many gluten-free products. If you take the class, I'll teach you how simple it is to go gluten-free eating real food. Learn more and register at weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, last week's show topic was male and female fertility. And if you missed that show, you can go back and listen to the podcast. But I missed a study that I wanted to include in that show. (laughs) So we're including it today. All right. A study was published in April 2013 found another factor that causes a decreased level of fertility in men. You know, this this study conducted over 953 healthy Danish men. The researchers found men who have the poorest quality of sleep had lower concentrations of sperm and lower motility. So they didn't move very well, those sperm. So the lack of quality effect of sleep affects sperm count. It also, we know that it affects blood sugar levels, and we also know that it can cause weight gain for people. And actually, lack of sleep causes early death in people. Ugh. So we keep pounding on this one. is mm-hmm. seven and a half to eight and a half hours of sleep per night to avoid some of these symptoms. Yeah. So it even affects the sperm count. Just oh, wanted wow. to share that one. So right, we have well, some callers, we right? We do. So we've got Sandy. She wants to know what the first step is to change her eating. 
Hi, Sandy. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, this is me. Oh, good. Is that me you're talking to? It yes. is. Hi there. Oh, total bonus. Um, <laughs> I, I don't eat very well, but I want to start changing some habits. What would be the first thing you would want me to do? Wow. Wow, okay. You want to... Well, I think just getting the real food in, so eating protein, animal protein, carbs, veggie carbs, and good healthy fat is going to be a huge step one and trying to do that very consistently throughout your day. And, you know, maybe another possibility to get more education, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you want or need to lose any weight, but that would be one of the, we have the classes coming up starting Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, nutrition for weight loss program, that would be a good way to get more education. Or later on in the month, we have our weight and wellness classes starting. And so that I think people need more education. Education is key because then, I mean, you know, you know what you need to do, right? You need to eat real food. You need to drink water. You need to sleep more. But when people get educated, this is what happens when you don't do that. This is what happens when you do do that. And they physically see what's happening in their body because of the trans fats, because of the artificial sweeteners. It's easier to make those changes, those educated changes. And that's one of the things that we hear over and over. We teach people the whys. Mm-hmm. And we also teach them the hows, but we, people, adults really need to understand why they're doing something. Yep. And then it's much easier for them to do it. Yep. So there we are. Okay. We gave you a whole bunch of ideas. <laughs> and the way to find out about your classes is to do what? Call 651-699-3438. And then you can also go to our website, weightandwellness.com, all spelled out. We've got all of our classes on there. We've got... All of our nutritionists on there, if you feel like you just want some more specific info to you, um, you can see which nutritionists you might resonate with and um, build a relationship with, and that can be a really supportive thing as well. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, thanks very much. for the, That was a great call. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Take Sandy. Mm-hmm. We've got another caller. Okay. Beth, thank you for calling. You're asking about autoimmunity and dieting? Yeah, um, I have Hashimoto. Uh-huh. Yes. And so I I eat gluten-free. I've really really cut back on sugars. I may have a piece of chocolate a day. I'm um I try to do the proteins and the vegetables. I'm just and I'm working on my sleep. I'm wondering if there's anything I'm missing. Well, I think there's a couple of key nutrients that are supplements that you need to make sure you're taking. You need su- sufficient zinc. Because that helps convert the T4 to the T3, and that's the active part of your thyroid, T3, to get your energy and your metabolism to move better. So you probably need extra zinc, and you need some selenium for sure. And the other third thing that I would recommend is something that's called GLA. It is an omega-6 activated fatty acid that is very supportive for the thyroid. So there are other things you know, sometimes people, a lot of times when people have Hashimoto's, they make an appointment with one of our nutritionists to to look at all these different aspects okay. to take the stress off that thyroid and to reduce the inflammation in the thyroid so that it can start functioning better. And does, does, does Hashimoto ever go away or will I just have it the rest of my life? Probably have it the rest of your life. 
but you can reduce the inflammation so that you will not have any of the symptoms unless you go back to eating, you know, sugar and gluten, and then it'll flare up again for you. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. You so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for the question. So, Kristen. We have another call if you'd like to take it. Sure, we can do that. All righty. Bethleen, you have a question about artificial sweeteners. Is stevia considered an artificial sweetener? Um, I think it's considered a safe, and I, I don't I don't put it in the category of an artificial sweetener. But we haven't found any downside to taking stevia. Um, you know, it's an herb, so that's the information we have. We can't see any research that says that there's any problem with it. So far, so good. But, you know, you always have to think, if you are a person that loves sugar... You know, a little bit of stevia, I think, is okay. But to depend on it all the time, maybe we'll keep the sweet drive, you know, that mm-hmm. that cravings for sugar more apparent for people. So, yeah, I think you have to be cautious of it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So, we were talking about staying ahead of your kids' hunger. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, we know that adults fall into that. Sugar mm-hmm. trap, too. Yep. And what do, sh- what do adults do? <laughs> they just want more and more and more. And it's the stuff that they're snacking on at night that just kind of tends to um, just roll into one snack into the next into the next. Mm-hmm. And it's there's no nutrient value in a lot of that food that people are snacking on. So that's why you can just eat forever. So like cereal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you just can't stop. Nope. Bowl after bowl after bowl. So back to the kids, too. If you want to stay ahead of their hunger, I mean, you kind of have to make these choices for them. So instead of that juice we were talking about, maybe you're going to give them water and a piece of fruit. Perfect. So, you know, we know people with insulin resistance seems to crave fast carbs. You know, those are the processed carbs, the sugars, the crackers, the bread, the pasta, the muffins, and even candy. And they just crave these things. But there's a solution to this, isn't there? Yeah. They've got to consistently eat the weight and wellness way. Then they won't be hungry all the time. They've got to do the the PFC, the protein, fat, and carbs. You know, and this is an interesting fact. Some of us were actually born hungry and craving sugar. So how in the world did this happen? (laughs) You know, if your mother had gestational diabetes, which occurs in about 5% of pregnant women, you may have been born with a high insulin level. Mm. And high, blo- high blood glucose or high sugars of the mother leads to high blood glucose levels of the fetus and high insulin levels. Sad to say, it drives fat right into your cells. That's right. So, anyway, we could keep <laughs> talking all day, could we? We could. This is an awesome topic. So, um, just remember, get those carbs out. That insulin is going to be a fat-storing hormone, so we don't want to have that in charge of your, your body type. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Star. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.